This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. So who's going to start this, guys? <laughs> we're, we made a change, everybody. Oh, that's how we're starting yeah, this. We're, we had, we're back at Off the Break Podcast in a new configuration. We thought we'd get a little bit more comfortable with um, each other and the camera. Yeah, and, this feels very cozy. Yeah. But the tallest, most handsome of us center mass. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Ken. We were thinking of you for this new setup. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners probably don't know what we're talking about. Uh, just check out Off the Break Podcast on YouTube. See our clips of the episode that we're on, and you'll see the new setup that we have. We got rid of our long, serious conference table <laughs> and put it in with something a bit more low-key and relaxing. Yeah, more so loungy. Yeah gotta let stars do what stars do exactly <laughs> yeah can't force us into a corner man as we're forced into a corner <laughs> man uh, <laughs> but where should we begin um well, well it seems like we got back to the movies and mm-hmm. got and kyle took the lead and saw the most saw four movies this yeah week. i came back four. from a mini vacation and had to play catch up renewed this yeah yeah, yeah. I do my job here. So um, no, I am. No a... shit looking at this <laughs> list. Yeah. Jesus, I feel like I'm slacking. <laughs> so I I really am interested in your take on See How They Run because I did really want to see that. Sure. Um, it hasn't performed as high in the box office as I had thought given the like fun nature of it, the great cast. So were there anything wrong with it like were there any issues or was it just fun and just not marketed well i think it was just uh not marketed very well so it was under the radar plus i don't think it was that wide of a release anyway was it like it was kind of more moderate yeah 2000 2500 locations Mm -hmm. maybe uh so that also could have played a role in it but uh i didn't see any issues with see how they run i thought it was a a uh, good murder mystery that is very lighthearted. Um, it takes his characters uh, pretty seriously in terms of Sam Rockwell's detective character and uh, Saoirse Ronan's um, cop who is a bit too enthusiastic as she's trying to like learn the ropes <laughs> yeah. of how to do the job. Uh, so I thought their dynamic between each other was pretty good. I just wish that the ensemble cast of the you know whodunit part of a murder mystery was a bit more utilized only a few certain characters that did very good in the roles were utilized more than the rest of them Mm -hmm. so i think that kind of comes into the murder mystery aspect of it being a bit too simple a bit too um easy to kind of choose because even for myself when i go to see a murder mystery i don't force myself to like figure it out or just like try to guess who it is but at a certain point in the movie even i was like okay i'm narrowing down between like one of these two people and I ended up being right. Um, But the murder mystery part is still good. Um, It's not only good in general, but it's just self-aware at the same time. Like it's self-aware of what murder mysteries Mm -hmm. kind of tend to be. And it also makes fun of uh, a stage play that is also a murder mystery. So it it, kind of, it's not like, you know, works on so many levels, but it has just enough self-awareness to, you know, play along with the humor um that's going on in this movie and i thought it was uh very good and very fun to watch what are the best scenes with sam rockwell and saoirse ronan in the trailer because i was worried about that too Mm, no not necessarily but they do i would say they do have the best moments for sure but i don't think the trailer is only showing the best stuff oh good Yeah. yeah Because I, you know, when it doesn't perform, you wonder, like, did they show the whole movie in the trailer? Did it not live up to expectations? Mm-hmm. Always, but I always call that good. the airbud. <laughs> you know exactly, uh, you know, shot for shot, what, you're what, gonna what, get. what is going to yeah. be in sure. the movie. The airbud effect. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> the dong is abused, it runs away, it plays basketball, and then they run away from the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it shows the boy and the dog hugging at the end. Like, yeah. there's nothing you miss out on. No, by spending that ninety minutes watching the trailer. I mean, it's free willy. I mean, there's there's movies like this where you're like, okay, that's the beginning, middle, and end of a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See how the run doesn't quite go to that degree, but um, I don't know. Maybe also it just may. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the humor within the trailer was like too much of it, or maybe 
there's just so many of like the British actors for an American audience that mm-hmm. I don't know one's too many. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Was but... it was it more serious than the trailer? Because the trailer made it look like a full on comedy. No, I thought it actually um, nailed what, what it was. its overall tone was. Ugh, it has so, the serious so moments when this. it needs to, but most of most importantly, it's comedic, and I <sighs> really enjoyed it for that. Well, we messed up. We messed up not going to this one. Well, <laughs> the the next one that that Kyle saw. I think nailed the trailer. I I'm mean, looking at her list. Yes, it yeah, did. The Woman King. <laughs> yes. My, I mean, even even my dad, who's basically Hank Hill, <laughs> saw the trailer on Thursday Night Football last yeah. or two weeks ago and was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that's that was, amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, he like st- it like it woke him up from a football game where men are crashing into each other trying to kill each other. <laughs> He's like, "Oh." Look at the, look at those ladies go! Yeah, <laughs> like you had no idea. This they was just a impaled thing. that guy. Yeah, that's no, awesome. No idea it was a thing. He was like, "Whoa, I'm in." Yeah, um, I'm really was happy by the woman king. Uh, and like you were saying, Ken, the trailer nailed exactly what it was going to be. Um, it's a depiction about these female warriors in this uh, kingdom, and it does a really good job at showing. Um, how badass they are and the action is very well done to where it shows uh, not only how powerful they are and how skilled they are as warriors, but also just shows um, the um, togetherness that these group of warriors do have with one another. And it also ties in well with the very great character stuff that's done. Um, all the actors are terrific in this movie. Uh, Viola Davis obviously is just the greatest, one of the greatest actresses. So she kills it as well. And it has a really good, um, character arc for her and also a great character arc with a uh younger teen girl who joins the warriors and um she goes through a good arc of her own and that actress i should have written it down just now but she does a really great job in it too and yeah it just it does a good do- job too at towing the line between um enjoying the action filled moments of these warriors but and the kingdom in general but it also does a good job with it's political discussions as they're trying to decide moving forward if their economy should be focused on uh, the slave trade that they were involved with or if they should go to um, other forms of resources in order to keep their kingdom thriving, which uh, was really well handled, I thought, and was a good arc throughout that story. So uh, it just does a good job at balancing all those elements and just coming out giving honesties a good time, but also just really good characters to follow in it, too. So was what? it ever like did you feel that the PG-13 rating took away from the action? No. Or it just perfectly balanced that. Yeah, um made luck- it accessible. Luckily as a society we prioritize violence over any sort of nudity or sex. <laughs> yeah. So right. we can get the correct amount of violence in a film <laughs> for our 13-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually thought this movie with its PG-13 rating did a good job at doing more than what we expect nowadays out of a PG-13 action movie. Oh. Um, like, there were still moments with good, uh, like, showing some blood in it, showing, like, a bit of brutalness to it without going into, like, a full rated R type of way. It still is edited enough to where, you know, some stuff they do is, like, um, is a glimpse or... It, um, off camera. Off camera. With a hint or, of what's happening. Or, you know, the way they slice someone, there's a movement, but you don't see the blood, but it still yeah. is, like, a violent enough movement. Uh, yeah, just one of the few uh, PG-13 movies in recent years probably where I noticed that, and I don't think it takes away from showcasing, like, who these warrior women were. Well, it got the rare A-plus cinema score afterwards. Oh, so, really? Nice. Yeah, it was very well liked yeah of the audiences that did go to it because it did suffer in some rural areas getting people to come out but of the audiences that did go out to it everybody really liked it and timing i mean yeah they put it in september because it's a a new style of filmmaking and storytelling it's very diverse it's It's not a franchise it's okay hold on what about Woman King 2, Fallen Kingdom. Well, <laughs> that's where you should use the Fallen Kingdom. That's where we're going to go. Okay. But for right now, it's I not would, a franchise. I was going to ask if it did have a cliffhanger ability to no. keep going. No, it doesn't have a good cliffhanger. Um, Damn. Does uh, it have the it ability ends... to keep going? Sorry, what was Does that? Does it have the ability to keep going? I mean, sure. Um, there could be a way to do it, but 
for me viewing it i saw a very good way that it closed and that was enough for me but i'm sure they will want to find a way if this movie doesn't succeed they didn't leave ghostbusters alone right (laughs) yeah like basically nothing is safe anyway (laughs) right I mean, it's, Knives Out Two has happened, you know. Yeah, but it's a it's a Sony film, and they, I mean, all these film companies go back to the well thirty years later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, freaking, there could be a remake of this movie. Freaking Top Gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so if they do want to make a sequel, that's totally fine. But I do think it closes at a good moment, and I'm really excited to see how this movie plays out for the rest of its theatrical run. run because if you're saying, you know, its A plus cinema score is that good, then it's very possible we could see. 50% or less of a drop, I hope, but yeah. maybe it's a bit wishful thinking, but you, we're in September. With with cinema scores like that and Rotten Tomato scores, that's what we need. Right. Yeah. We need these to, to thrive. And then uh, as far as reviews go, Pearl got one of the highest praises that we've heard in a long time. Yeah. For, I mean, a where, movie. where someone makes, makes a makes movie, movies. makes movies, and then... You, you know, I mean, it, Kyle, you can explain the Martin Scorsese thing better than I can. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, from what I know, Martin Scorsese saw Pearl, uh, the new A24 horror movie, recently, and he was just gushing about it, saying, like, it's one of the best things he's seen And He was disturbed, couldn't sleep the, that yeah. night. And, you know, for a person that, like, lives and breathes movies, mm-hmm. uh, is constantly thinking about them in his, in his for his own way. Yeah. That's, I think, pretty pretty good praise. Like, this person got to him. So, yeah. how was the movie for you? Did you struggle and to sleep the, that <laughs> night after watching this? I can see why other people would struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, or be disturbed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because what it could boil down to is the uh, performance by the lead actress, Mia Goth, who was in the last movie of this X series of films, I, I guess is the way to call it now. Um, she was in the last movie. She played one of the young teens of like the seventies era, but she also played the old lady named Pearl who, you know, was the one attacking all the people in that movie. And so this is a prequel movie to that. And Mia Goth comes back to play Pearl, but it's like the younger version of her growing up. Mia Goth played a teen Mm -hmm. that wants to make a video and be a star and she plays the old lady in X. She was the the lead. In prosthetic makeup. Yeah. It's really good prosthetics, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then she now she's in it again as like the younger version of the old lady. Yeah, and she's gonna be in the third one as the older version of the teen girl that survives. I believe so. A teen girl survives, right? Yeah, her. It's yeah, it is her. Yeah, that does. No, and she. Wow. I mean, she did a great job in the dual role for uh, X, but. She does an even better job with Pearl. Like, you can tell. Yeah. I think you were kind of predicting this, Cody, with Pearl, right. that they untapped something. Her and director Ty West untapped something with his character, and they wanted to explore mm-hmm. more in a prequel form. Yeah. And I think it's done really well to where um, it's a younger version of Pearl who wants to be in the limelight, be a star. She's tired of living with her abusive mother and taking care of her sick father and wants to leave the farm to go be a star. But... Um, once you really start paying more attention and going through it, you see that there's more to her than just like the stardom factor of it. Like she just wants to be loved more than she's ever been throughout her life. And it just does a good job at showing her wanting that so bad, but it's causing her to have like an unhinged underlayer. And once you see that layer come out of her, that's when like the disturbing aspect, like she just does a really good job and, when you have those moments for like a slasher film combined with uh, that Technicolor saturated um, cinematography that they're playing with because mm-hmm. they're wanting it to kind of coincide with, you know, that era of Hollywood where it's like the the future is bright and we're going to be making movies and stardom and the lights and all that. Um, it's just a really cool balancing act between the two that right. I really dug. Um, I would probably say that's pretty close to how much I like X or Pearl, but I'm really just excited for this third one now because I really trust these two and how they're yeah. going about it. I like how each film has a different feel to it. Just exactly. A different aesthetic, a different feel, but it's tied all by this, by Mia Goth's characters. Mm. Like 
she she ties them all together and that's really interesting yeah and the moment never feels too big for her in either of the movies it does rely a lot on her kind of being on her own so sometimes Uh it gets a little repetitive to what she says and does but it doesn't take away from that disturbing nature of it Mm. that you feel in the movie so is this like a Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell situation where they're (laughs) going to be continuing this process. God, I hope so. (laughs) But no, it's a really, right now with Ty West and her, um, we're seeing something great out of horror, I feel like. It's a really great um, combination between those two. And just a really great um, horror series that we're getting out of this. Like We don't really hear that very often these days. And despite it being smaller and it being A24, it just might take a while for audiences to realize that but if they get the chance and you're promoting it well to where someone does go out and see pearl it'll be worth their time yeah yeah i think it just got was hard because barbarian was also on the market and so i'm not sure and it didn't drop off as much so i think it pulled away from what pearl's grosses should have and probably would have been right and a24 smaller so i'm not sure it got the marketing but Disney's that... just a machine. Even if they're not trying to be a machine, oh my gosh, yeah, they're a machine. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they don't know how to promote a film, they choose not to promote a film. It's, it's still, gonna, it's, it's still, still somehow does well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious about Barbarian. Anyway, I mean, just the surprising uh, opening that it had, like 10 million or so, and right. then and then a 40 percent drop. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's it's doing what the September releases should be doing. Like you just hope that a movie is good enough and. If you gain the right amount of interest, like it could really spawn off curiosity. Right. Well, let's get into Cody's <laughs> film of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we all I'm excited went, for this one. <laughs> went to the early show of Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. So I did I did get to go see that. Before and before you get into it, yeah. What do you think the Friday night number or Thursday night number was? Uh, um, I'm gonna say it's kind of big. Uh four million. Three million bucks. Three million. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. For rated R, yeah, with all the drama around it, it's an exceptional number. Yeah. Um. So, what is the critic score and what's the audience score? We should put into that right now. For I can me. look it up, Ken. I've got it right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rotten Perfect. Tomatoes. The critic score was thirty-eight, and the audience score is eighty-five. Okay, so there's a big discrepancy between critics and audiences, which isn't surprising, but it's as someone who's in the minority yeah. of liking the movie. I thought for sure more in audiences would be <laughs> not in the not in general with audiences. Sure, but I thought I would be in the minority with the audiences as well. I thought yeah. audiences would also not really like it. I mean, it's only been a day, but yeah, it's good so far. So, um, I don't like it, and I rarely ever ever like go with critics. Like, mm-hmm. I just I don't care what they have to say and i'm my cody wants to be entertained and she wants happy things to happen yeah Yeah. so i don't so i me and critics never match up but on this movie it was so awful like i was so mad at the movie the editing the characters to me it was a dumpster fire of a film (laughs) and not even florence Pugh. like everybody's praising florence Pugh, but i felt that her character was horrible like she played her character well but that doesn't deserve praise the whole character package was terrible i think if she can make a dumpster fire character actually interesting the way she you're describing wasn't it. interesting though well, she i'm was sorry not infuriating not, not interesting but it's able to have you no. yeah. enjoy the movie enough. so i didn't like her character there were so many plot leaks in this plot holes it Kyle, was just stand out of the way of the train ship. and just let it <laughs> yeah, yeah just I, let I, me get it out the go ahead i had to watch two i had to go home and watch two movies to get it out of my system so <laughs> it's kyle this i told ken this is the first film that i can ever remember that i wanted to walk out of that I was so frustrated with, be, not because there was a scene that disturbed me, or I was just so frustrated by how bad it was, and that I was like, no, I I want to leave. I mm-hmm. gave, I didn't, I don't walk out of movies. I gave it to the end, and I still wasn't. I don't. The ending didn't help save that movie at all. It just again was frustrating. It just ends, and you hear a noise like it just goes to the title screen. There's no real ending to it. Just. 
I hate when directors do that. Yeah, I hate when directors do that to be like, I'm artsy. Like, no, have a fucking conclusion, <laughs> okay? Like, bring your stupid story that didn't make any sense to a real conclusion so we can all move on with our lives. Like, you're you're not artistic here. You're just, just pathetic. And- <laughs> the dinosaurs ate yeah. the bad guy. That's the end. <laughs> Where's that yeah. ending? Do you, is, that, is that it? Can you finally breathe it out? No, no, but you get into it. There were things I liked about it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna like totally crap on this film. There even were you some, just did, yeah. <laughs> even though I just did, it is it is awful. But I think there were some good pieces about it. Yeah. Um, it is definitely a Stepford Wives remake. This is brainwashed women in an ideal world, in an ideal subservient role. Like this, just don't question me. Be graceful. Be demure. Tend to my every needs, mm-hmm. cook cl- clean, and be beautiful and happy for me. So it is step for wives all the way. And I'm fine. I was on board with that I- idea. I liked how, in a plot twist, it was more of an incel like husband situation where he finds, like, online on the internet, some like blog radio post thing that, sure. yeah. that gets him into this world and he does mm-hmm. it to her. Like, that part was kind of interesting. Trying to bring uh, Stepford Wives into uh, like a more modern technology, kind of meeting Matrix and Stepford Wives together. So I thought part of that was there was some interesting things there. And I liked the bunny character played by Olivia Wilde because in the end you find out she chose it. Mm. She chose it because her kids, even though they're not real in this because it is like a simulation, um, they they feel real and are still alive to her because in the real world they are deceased so something terrible has happened but you don't know because this stupid story doesn't elaborate on any of the other characters yeah it's it, been the it, whole it's time a little nugget. right yeah trying to be like harping on the fact that she notices something and that everybody's treating her like crazy well that's great but i need more there was more story and there's more interesting characters there to really flesh out that you could have spent time on mm. And for me, the biggest problem was is that the editing was so terrible that you just go right into the world and then you and then she next scene, she's like, oh, something's weird with these eggs because I'm cracking them and there's nothing out of them. And then I just go right back into my stepford wives in the next scene, like pleasuring my husband. And then I go into a scene where I'm being watched in a sexual position and mm-hmm. then I go right back to it, like being happy. It just jumps to more to back and forth and it doesn't build up like. Oh, here's. There's no builds up to the yeah. highs. There's no deflating. Yeah, from the there's lows. no like yeah. something happened with my neighbor, and then I and then I think I'm kind of thinking about that, and it seems kind of weird, and I'm noticing people are acting weird, and then I notice the eggs, and then I go out to the desert, and then I do. There's a build up where a natural character would keep all those things, you know, would mm-hmm. figure it out over time. Okay, last. You said you were gonna say a last good thing. thing. <laughs> I did. Oh yeah, I forgot I about did, that. I did early. Thing. I said that there was some interesting things with the technology and stuff. Then, then she so something's happening. She figures it out. The bad guy Chris Pine admits to her. So now it's a battle of wills, right? A, mm-hmm. a secret battle of wills. Mind games. In a in a mind game, and he's basically <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet, saying. Let's play this out. I expect a lot out of you. I'm finally challenged. And she just goes to, to sits down at the table amongst everybody who's still brainwashed mm-hmm. and has a meltdown, mm-hmm. like th- just calls him out and has a meltdown. I'm like, no, no, you wouldn't. You keep it to yourself and you figure out how to do this because obviously you just look psycho at that and nobody's going to believe you in this situation. You're, te- you're yelling at people telling them the chicken is poisoned. They're all brainwashed right now. They don't know what's happening and you're like, it's poisoned, it's poisoned. This is where I hated her character. Like she just went full-blown crazy stupid in this situation. <laughs> right. And then you come to find out she's a surgeon. <laughs> no, that was the pause. <laughs> Okay, go ahead, guys. No, is it Rusa? No, you come to find out she's a cert- having been thrust into this by her horrible, like, pathetic husband who is emasculated by her and her success. She, You find out she is this, like, amazing surgeon, and she's just struggling. She's struggling to, like, provide for her family, and she's just tired. But she, you know, as a surgeon, would be very intelligent, have, like, so much knowledge of 
medicine and things that but in this world she's just a vapid stupid stepford wife like mm-hmm. they they somehow erased all of all of the knowledge outside of her personality like i it, it just technology is amazing would not happen like there's too many things that create a person and personality to erase it all and on that note i'll go over to ken see yeah. if he has anything to add on i'm sorry poor ken had to listen to me rant and rant and this rant this is the third time i've heard this yeah, yeah. <laughs> The aesthetic was amazing. All the mid-century stuff and the 50s stuff, okay. the cars, yeah. the, that, that the was costumes good. That production design. Awesome. Yeah. I did keep telling Ken I want that house. That, I wanted that, their house, the house so yeah. bad. The cars, the, I mean, the, the, the Palm Springs aesthetic was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. It was very good. Chris Pine really pulled it off. They really screwed up by not getting Shia LaBeouf in that role. I mean, Shia LaBeouf would have been way more unhinged than Harry Styles. And that's probably yeah. why he wasn't on this project anymore. Cause they were like, dude, you're scaring everyone. He needed that. Yeah. He, Harry Styles is not a good actor. <laughs> I was just not impressed. He's not leading man caliber. Maybe he's, small he's supporting not there, role. He's not there to act. He's there to look pretty so people can act around him. He danced. Oh. The movie. I mean, he didn't even. He had this whole dancing thing. At he first, didn't sing. He's famous for singing. Yeah, yeah. and sing. it was it was a toe tapping thing. At first, it was fine. I was like, okay, a few seconds of this, it, and it did keep going. I was like, I know there's they're jumping back and forth between one scene and the other, but you don't need all those scenes of him tap dancing. After a while, it doesn't look that good anymore. <laughs> Not blaming the guy, but <laughs> okay, well. After Cody's mega super long run, are you? Can you finally? No, it just made me mad all over again. <laughs> no, because I'm going to remind her that I actually liked the movie. <laughs> I don't know what you liked about it. I'm still trying to figure it out. It was kind of the same with Ken. Uh, I I really was appreciative of the production design elements of it. I did like, um, the ideas with what they're going through. Although I do agree with you to extend, like there is a lot of stuff that doesn't feel explain like it should or at the very least doesn't feel thought out i imagine that this movie is supposed to be longer but it already had to be chopped down to like two hours over two hours so cody wants like the russo brothers to make this so they explain everything i would enjoy that more (laughs) i would have liked as i think other audiences probably are going to i like less of her being like psycho and going like there were so many sequences that were supposed to be like (laughs) like of the stupid dancing girls there that that whole thing could have been cut out the whole like um white red drop of what like coming in and out of I the simulation cool. yeah for like two seconds but sure. then it kept going back and forth and back and forth and the eyeball and him narrating and there was like 20 minutes in there i feel like we could have cut out and bunny could have explained what happened to her kids in real life and i would have probably enjoyed that yeah. so much more yeah i think it also the this is also probably how much i love florence pew but she did carry the movie like everyone else around her like chris pine Gemma chan they were very good in the movie as well but it was clearly like florence in the role and she had to do a lot in order to you know be able to have me enjoy the movie as much as i did so i i it has its problems but for whatever reason just like the concept i was enjoying it didn't explain itself as well as i wish it would have but just the idea of the concept of it i thought was interesting and all the production and technical aspects of it were just very impressive to me so i don't know that it just was able to carry me through more than <laughs> you clearly cody was out i pretty was i was out so early yeah. in the movie as soon as she, they jumped to the scene where she's cracking eggs and then was she, like this is so freaky and then nothing happened she, i was right. like this is she looks at mis-edited me and starts wanting to make comments about the movie i couldn't help when myself. i was in the batman with cody and i wanted to make comments she's like shut up yeah. But, but she doesn't like a movie and she gets to talk all she wants. Uh, that's I how could, it works. It was it? keeping me from walking out, Ken. I will, it kept I will, me there in the seat being able to like vent this frustration. I hated that I was doing this in the movie, but with all the drama that I kept hearing about like the, the behind the scenes stuff, I was kind of waiting in the back of my mind of like, okay, when does the shoe drop? Like when, when does the bad stuff like really show through? But just I'm watching the whole way through and I'm like, it's good like it's you know nothing bad is happening here like i still agree with you about the story aspects but for entertainment in the two hours and 
I was just seeing more positives, like, on a technical aspect of it than I was more so than, I guess, with the story for some reason. I don't know. As soon as they showed the boulevard in the first scene with the flags and showed that the community was in a circle, yeah, I knew it was a simulation. Oh, yeah, with them coming out. Yeah, of course. I just... Right then, I I knew, and it was like at the oh, same this time, this is going to be course. disappointing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, that this is going to be the end. It was a nice twist that it was the husband doing it to the wife, but sure, it was just like oh. the husband doing it to the wife, and then saying you're happier. I still have to go out in the real world. Like, no, you. I I liked that whole that whole little twist part. Right, but it makes me wonder what the lady that was perpetually pregnant, like her husband chose to have her just pregnant all the time, like drinking. Oh, the drinking pregnant, the smoking thing. Okay. We do need to move on to the next topic. And at this point, you're spoiling the whole movie anyway. It needs to be spoiled. So people are warned not to go, but also support cinemas and go out to see this movie. There were three other films we talked about. that were probably. But yes, go see those other three. You can go see those other three. The worst part was, the fact that they made martinis with cocktail onions, that's mm. disgusting. Oh. Anybody that eats a cocktail onion. Can, I knew Olivia Wilde wasn't to be trusted. Can just GTFO. That's a director choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no thanks. Run. Uh, but we do have a big industry topic that we do have to cover. We've got to gloss yeah. over. we got to gloss Possibly. over. Possibly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do here. Okay. Cody? Yeah. So um, there, was a, there was a really quick... There was a really quick little article about, you know, we had a really lucrative summer and we're getting back into this issue with a creative community on compensation. So traditionally you got back way back in the day, you got a front end big paycheck, that $20 million for doing these films. You had a quote for doing yeah. that. And then, and then movie stars figured out and executives figured out that if they didn't do a huge up front fee then the cost of the movie could go down and they could compensate on the profits on the back end so then back end compensation started to get more popular so i'll take a lower fee up front to help with the cost of financing this film and i'll make mine on the back end well now we're moving into there's no more back end there's very little back end because of the streaming of the because of the streaming component because Mm -hmm. you've cut from a 90-day window down to if we're lucky a 45-day window or sometimes a 17-day window theater or a film company take your film directly to streaming where there's no deal where there's there's no no deal there's no theatrical money yeah so so you're not making any money so now you know we have even the likes of tom cruise who i would say saved the summer with top gun maverick paramount still cut a a broadcast deal post theatrical that was like a sweetheart deal for one of the you know what for what is the um what is the company i can't remember what anyways for paramount plus no it wasn't for it was a broadcast thing that they're part of because these are now global companies so it was like a broadcast deal but anyways they cut a sweetheart deal and even tom cruise is it wasn't epics was it I think it's Epics, yeah. Okay. I'm just looking through. There's a lot of company names in this yeah. article. But... but the point is is that As they, I skim through, have it might sta- be Epics. they have stakes in these companies, and so they cut themselves a deal, and so they don't make the profit. Same thing with yeah. WB and HBO They Max. don't go out and get the most money because they want to so- support their struggling. Yeah. Scarlett yeah. Johansson, Disney Plus thing. It's not, but it's not streaming. This what in this case, Correct, Paramount. It's, it was, but it's not dissimilar. Right. It's not dissimilar. It's still, those back end deals that are well, and it's just Hollywood accounting. It's like a sweetheart deal where if you had just gone and taken your property on, put it on the open market, you would have gotten a market level revenue from that. But Paramount was going and undercutting that because they wanted to give what is a valuable product to somebody cheaper because they have a stake in in that and they'll see profit in other ways whereas the open market profit would have been seen by the back end, as part of the back end profit sharing so it's just that's going to be coming out more and more and i'm afraid as we go through this that the big issue is that the creative community will get smart to that and they'll say nope i want my i'm going to get mine up front again you know like if, right now like right now you take our movies to streaming before i even before i even act in a single scene i want my pay up front so now we're going to go back to the high up front costs mm-hmm. cuz there's no 
They don't profit in the back end anymore to share. So they're going to know Unless their value. You're Tom Cruise and you signed a back end deal for Top Gun yeah. Maverick and uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Right. He, he, this Top Gun made him the highest paid actor for a single film in history. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. Yep. Tom, Tom. This is the one thing that Tom Cruise and I both believe in <laughs> the theatrical exhibition yeah. there's nothing else that we we, we share we're we not going to see eye to eye on much else no nope, yeah. that's it but this we both believe in theatrical and that katie holmes was pretty yeah <laughs> um so if you can share enough drinks over those two things if right the money is so much in the front because when you're going through and and stars really need to know their value because when you're going through that super long menu of just every film you're kind of like what makes this one special why would i want to watch especially this one? nowadays yeah when i can watch 10 films just like it mm-hmm. it's like oh this one has a ryan reynolds in it so i will pick this one because i like him so now the star power is coming back and it has to be like we've harped on forever that mm-hmm. it has to be that this movie made a hundred million dollars right so it made 10 million people this movie was see it. in theaters so i know it's at least sort of good because it made it to theaters there's that that what we you know filtering that value add to to the menu so not only is theatrical important now but the star in it is becoming more important on the menu so if that's the case then when stars start requesting their money ahead of time knowing their value and not taking the chance that they would may or may not get back end if they keep doing this hollywood accounting and then wouldn't that just make the movies more expensive to finance on the front end again and and so now we're we're snowballing into this well i can't the studio can't afford to make so many expensive movies so they're going to make a few cheap ones for streaming and a few expensive ones to put in the theater and now we've got less product in the theater and we've got really crappy product in streaming. And I just feel like it's turning streaming, although I'm not boohooing over this, mm. just back into that self-fulfilling like only crap goes on streaming and the good stuff goes in the theater. Well, that's why I'm kind of liking what's going on with the direction over at Warner Bros. Mm-hmm. to a degree is that um, these new heads are wanting to avoid that. They're not wanting yeah. to. They're going to I think they're going to hope to make stuff look great and not cheap but they're at least going to avoid the quantity part on streaming, but they're going to focus that quantity part a little bit more towards theatrical, hopefully. Right. But it's still, it's going to have that um, level of not expensiveness. I'm trying to think of the word for it, but just that level of care that we're hoping that we're getting out of it. Yeah. So I I am hoping that other streaming services and companies start to realize that's a good are. plan i think they are i think the the big issues like warners gets it mm-hmm. they had the they were the ones that experimented with a full year of day and dating and it didn't work and so the new ceo coming in is gonna have a robust streaming site that's mostly caters to like more of the television episodic stuff then they're gonna have a very robust theatrical slate mm-hmm. but he is has already said he's not making movies for that are purely for streaming. Right. They, they're going to make movies for theatrical. And so I do want to support that great behavior. I want to positively reinforce it. That's why I went to Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> I wish it was a better one right in this moment to go to. So like check we out Elvis. We, and then go see Black Adam. Yeah. So there are there are good films for that. Disney, you know, they, they are still figuring it out. I think they are making mistakes by making films for streaming because they're finding i think what they're going to start seeing is less and less return in the theatrical and they're going to be like what's going on well you made everything on disney plus and so everybody thinks they're going to get it for eight dollars a month yeah so i think they'll come around to it but they being a bigger behemoth it just i think it's it's harder for them to pivot a lot of the decisions to of what to put and what not to put have been set in stone longer I am yeah. more worried about what they've done to their Pixar brand. I feel like they're relegating that purely to streaming for some reason. and Which I still am baffled by. Yeah. Like, you know, TV shorts, um, TV shows, that's right. That's one thing. It's fine, whatever. But the movies, really? Like, that, that's that's still confusing. Uh, yeah, and I think they're, we're, what we're seeing is, like, some of the movies that have gone right to Disney Plus were not 
the greatest. So like the new Pinocchio movie, it I think <laughs> that decision to put that on Disney Plus was made because they were seeing diminishing returns on their live action remakes. And so they they had greenlit so many of them. Right. And and got them put into place, but then after you know you throw two or three out in the market and the third and fourth one aren't doing so well, then I think you know you may somebody made a decision a while ago to do it this way and and so it it sucks because we're so starved for content right now that will that take even those remakes bad disney content is better than nothing yeah um so that's still i think that's still an issue being figured out and i and universal you know for the most part they are very good theatrical supporters but then they do something like put halloween ends day and date with peacock right it's just like why if you have one other major studios saying we're not going to do this anymore why are you out there doing it like what you what do you think day and dating is helping all it i don't think at this point if anybody wanted peacock they would have got it it's a dollar 99 well this, like this is why i'm not as uh i i'm not in the same boat as you where you think like that changing up the ideas of putting all the quantity on streaming is still not going away from their minds i still think it is going to take um a while longer before they realize that because they're doing these moves still that you're describing right um so until i see you know um i don't know someone else besides a warner bros like a disney or something before i see that change happening i'm just not buying it i think they're still gonna be stuck in the mud about it they're gonna agree to these front-ended deals from these stars and despite them not wanting to spend that money they would rather do that than um lose those stars to a different yeah lose those stars and they they want to still try and make the streaming thing but work because they you know really don't want to so work with money. theatrical. So I think what you're gonna see there's only so much money to go around. So either you're gonna see low like less product being created for theaters mm-hmm. or less or less product like less quality product being made for streaming because streaming can't have less product. You need constant pr- content to churn up like to refresh. So they can't do less product for streaming. So that's gonna be more that all they can do is save money on the cost of that so now they're producing less quality there i wonder if that that lesson will be learned though i kind of wonder if streaming can still benefit and not pump out so much like go back to the more episodic like tv i think so i, I mean, think the, there is a chance for they that are to trying work. to do that to keep everybody tuning in at one day and not binge watch and it's go through it's way better marketing for them so i mean the marketing dollars could be a little bit better or i mean for some of them they don't even spend marketing at all so maybe it'll improve it for them in all honesty but at the same time like i think audiences could be feeling a fatigue to where it's too much of streaming especially during the pandemic oh. where they kind of have learned about what to expect out of some of these uh, streamers i just i think I was kind of thinking about Netflix mostly and because everybody's got their own kind of identity, but why Netflix did so good for so long is it was convenient. You got all the best. You got all this stuff that was really good from broadcast and all the, yeah. And all the best movies at the time were on it. And then as they started, but, but there, but the content, I think the quality of the content, it was theatrical movies, the things that had played in theaters and it was broadcast television shows, which I feel like broadcast television shows acted very similar to the shared theatrical experience because it was a national shared experience watching mm. those things. So you get the offices and you get friends and you have all that. Plus you have, you know, some of the Avengers films and the Disney films and stuff. And so it made a lot of sense why netflix was doing so well but now they lose that content and they only have original movies that they have to produce in-house because the theatrical films are going on the other streamers and the con and there's no more broadcast tv and so it's just all these original shows it's hard to create that national narrative for people to want to tune in and re-up for sure but if spider-man and top gun didn't change these shareholders and CEOs minds, nothing's going to change their minds. That's so true. A new I mean, generation of people coming what, in thinking what different. kind of, yeah, whatever new regime comes in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. don't know if it's the executive or if it's shareholders, like it's they're, they're only the beholden to shareholders. The yeah. Is forced to make yeah. decisions based on the shareholders or they find right. a new executive. So, oh, 
So on that note, I think uh, we're close to wrapping up, but yeah. uh, this is where we want to talk about some of the fun pop culture type stuff uh, that we've seen this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Cody, I, I didn't think, have one. But you talked enough about Don't Worry, Ugh. Darling, so we're not going to worry about yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know why Florence Pugh is being such a jerk on the, the way she's hating Olivia Wilde because she knows she made a bad movie. She's Kyle, like, you made me look stupid. Kyle had something fun to talk about. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I saw that picture from D23 of the actor who played Short Brown and Harrison Ford um, embracing as like a reunited photo. and From, also- the, from the best Indiana Jones no not yes. temple of doom uh it's last crusade but uh during short, the pandemic these uh short round is in temple of doom very popular yeah like it, bringing yeah. people together the cast of er 30 yeah, years later we're gonna do a table read <laughs> yeah uh this wasn't quite that situation but i think it was when indiana jones was being promoted at d23s and harrison ford was like clearly loves that role more than han solo because Star Wars is exhausting. <laughs> so good on him. Uh, but yeah, if you guys haven't seen that photo, check it out online and it warms my heart. So I wanted to shout that out. If you, if Harrison Ford loves Harrison Ford and Star Wars, he has to share in that adulation with other people. <laughs> right. And Indiana Jones is just him. Yeah. That's why Harrison I, I would Ford argue, Indiana Jones. I would more. argue that he's sexier as Indiana Jones than he is as Han Solo. He shows a little bit more skin. He's like, sweatier. He's smart he's a professor yeah he like is an adventurer i think i, I think, think he knows a, deep it. down that I he's a sexier character i think there's yeah. a harrison ford to fit every lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> you go blade runner harrison ford oh you could go, you go pre- six days you could go nights, president harrison ford. Harrison, ford. harrison ford yeah yeah, yeah. politician there's, harrison there's ford one for, one for every taste. <gasps> there's a there's a good morning show harrison ford yeah mm-hmm. well speaking of someone who's also handsome my topic this week is the fact that John Hamm made a Fletch reboot, which yeah. which was a, a Chevy Chase vehicle in like the 80s, mm-hmm. decided to make this reboot when he went with the script and the idea to investors. They decided to pass completely on the film. Okay. So they lost he, financing. They lost financing of his investors. So he took a 60% pay cut mm. to make Fletch. What's it? What, confess Fletch. Confess he took Fletch. A 60% yeah, that's pay what it's cut. called. So he yeah. basically made a movie for scale, and then it's it's playing in 500 theaters, and it's also going straight to Oof. day and date. Yeah. So, so he, he spent months of his life making this movie that probably cost him money. Yeah. Versus making anything else. He must have really wanted to make that movie. Yeah, he Kyle, must did have, you see he the must trailer? Big, I have seen the trailer. It's not bad. Well, looks, what are you talking about? It's supposed about to be a looks, comedy right. trailer. I know yeah. that. And it's not funny. There's nothing funny in it. I don't disagree just based off the trailer, but the, quality, the trailer looked... It looked fine. It looked it like looked good. some kid's home video. Like no, I give it, it a little more credit The quality was terrible. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was terrible. They it used was, real cameras. Barely. They... I don't know what happened, but, but it looked like it was. But again, he must have just really shot on an iPhone. He must have really that, wanted to make that movie. The fact that nobody talked John Hamm out of this is yeah. hilarious to me. Yeah, like he's in he's in Mad Men. He's in Top Gun. <laughs> oh well, he he made the money from Top Gun. No, so I know, but he's like, I'm so going to take this blow money it on and this? turn this into. I'm going to take this million dollars I I earned and turn it into ten million. Well, I imagine this movie was made after top gun was made so i wonder if once he saw the dollars rolling in from top gun he was like i mean i love making the movie i don't regret my decision but that at least my bank account's a little more full now <laughs> i don't know but i don't know i give him props why not if you really want to make that fletch movie put in the money and the effort good on him just laugh so hard at this <laughs> he could have he made any movie i mean if he went to his agent and said i want to be the other guy in any movie mm-hmm. give me any movie he would have made one to three million dollars doing that right instead he decides to spend his own money <laughs> or take less money to waste his time for for fletch <laughs> yeah. a movie everyone has been dying for a reboot of <laughs> yeah i mean they made a sequel there's two fletch movies starring chevy I, chase right it just it was a, if it's a comedy john ham doesn't so, like strike me as somebody that can do comedy well I need. Oh, I disagree. Really? He's funny in tag. 
he has some good bits in Parks and Rec. Like, he's not a comedian, but but in the right amount of... Yeah, but you just said he has some bits and some good parts. He has to carry a whole movie. I don't disagree, but I do think he's funny. I think he's. I think I he's think a. Everybody, funny I think, has an opportunity to be funny occasionally. That doesn't mean uh, that you. There's some bad directors who I need, don't do well. I with need that. a nice alcoholic, misogynistic John Hamm. That's what I need in my <laughs> movie. Apparently, that's. You yeah, just want a Mad Men want. table read. You want the cast to reunite on Zoom. Or depending on which blogs you read, an actual John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that divisive note. <laughs> he would have done really well, and don't worry, darling. <laughs> He should have been one of the husbands. Yeah, that no. Chris Pine role would have been good. He could have. Done he that could have role. done that too. Chris yeah. Pine's great though, but he's no he, so creepy in that. He yeah, did, he did good. He's too handsome to need to trap a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so is Chris. Well, you know what? That's going to lead into a whole other discussion. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to go there. I'm, Back to don't worry, darling. Thanks. Cody. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to do this. We're going to end it here. <laughs> go uh, to any other movie this weekend, Cody says. <laughs> I know I shouldn't say things like that, but God, this one infuriated me Stuck so with much. Her. September has some good movies outside of that, so there we go. At least we have that for theaters. Not every mo- movie what, can move you. What do we have this weekend? Quick. Stick with you in a good way. Well, it's Don't Worry Darling. Uh, some locations might be playing Railway Children. Yeah. That's not a wide release. Avatar no. Bring Back. Avatar Bring Back. There's that. Maybe and that'll do some money. A few locations, mostly 3D only. They're really trying to push that 3D on everybody. <laughs> like, if, hey, you guys, remember 3D If you like thing. 3D, go check it out remember that this movie started 3d let's all watch it in 3d again 3d we're so excited you got glasses because i don't know if they make them anymore <laughs> go find some in the back of your closet yeah dust off kept. those 3d glasses and come watch avatar relive it the moment you found a 3d exciting 10 years ago right <laughs> All right. And on that note, thanks everyone for listening. If you're watching the clips, uh, we're also on YouTube. So find our channel there and subscribe. We're very sorry about Cody. (laughs) Very sorry. (laughs) Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at ScreenInsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.